Welcome back to the podcast. This is your brother VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about the babies. Um, we're going to talk about the babies, babies. You know what I mean? Our future grandchildren or our grandchildren that's already here. And what we must do to get our children off the plantation. Because our babies is going to run a race against technology. But technology is just the move of the day. It's the move of the hour. It's the move of this generation. And they won't win that race. So we have to set our children up for a race that they can win. Many of us have jobs. Um, we're on the plantation. We're building Master's Empire. And we don't, you know, we don't, uh, <laughs> we're not so mad to build Master's Empire because Master give us a few biscuits for ourselves, right? So we, we ain't tripping, right? Um, <laughs> your brother VJ has been in the workforce working for Master. And Massa, I throw a biscuit my way, and uh, <laughs> everything is all good, right? Through me jobbing and through me working, I've seen some things and I've been some places, right? Um, the reality of the matter is, though, that we can't pass down these jobs to our children. We can't. This is capitalism. We're just used as the labor part, right? We're jobbers. And the culture of being a jobber, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm a jobber because my parents, they both are jobbers. Not only is my parents jobbers, beloved, they're union people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're union people, beloved. My father... He's been in the union over 46 years before he retired. One job. Been in the union over 46 years before he gave it up. My mom, well over 40 years. And she still ain't give it up just yet. So what do you think, though? <laughs> what do you think the children of union people, what do you think the children is going to do? They're going to get a job. <laughs> They're going to get a job. And, um, you know, beloved, I, I will say this, right? When I think about my personal career in the workforce, right? Um, by me jobbing, I've been able to go to a lot of cities and visit a lot of places that a lot of people, they wasn't able to do, um, I was able to go to Paris. I was able to go to Amsterdam and party. I was able to go to Germany. And um, I visited the Holocaust Museum. And I was able to put my hands on the walls of concentration camps that Adolf had the small hats in. You know what I mean? 
um, I had the privilege to take my family to the Six Flags in Belgium. And then I came back and I told my children, I was like, yo, I'm going to take y'all to the one in Atlanta too. They're like, nah, <laughs> that's all right. We cool. We all roller coastered out. We don't want to go to the one in the eight. <laughs> but this is all through jobbing, you know. Um, I had the opportunity to move around, man. I, I visited some great places, some great cities, some great states. I've been to New York. Um, I've been to the nation's capital. I ran all around through Texas from San Antonio to H-Town to Dallas, Fort Worth to even Laredo, which is the uh, Laredo, Texas is actually, in my opinion, it's a drug capital of, of the world. Uh, well, I, I won't say world. I'll say this drug capital of the territory that we call the United States for sure, you know, because uh, even when you go down there on business, right, you know. You can't help but to think when you're speaking to the locals, uh, beloved, they have a pound of weed that they were selling for 80 for $80. You can get a pound. <laughs> I'm not going to even tell you what they wanted for the eight balls, but they wanted $80 for a pound. And that got everybody to think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How can I get that shit back to the truck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but beloved maybe that's a different story for a different day um the way that things was going in my parents generation and in my grandparents generation even mine you know we coming in on the tail end of things where it won't be like that for our children and our grandchildren I can literally think back to the jobs that was available when I was coming up. You know what I mean? And, you know, in the city of Detroit, everybody is being pushed to the plant. It, it really ain't no, uh, <laughs> you know, they just push you to the plant. And just being in the workforce. I mean, I lived the life of a man. It's not like I got a big degree. I don't I don't have a degree. I graduated from Frank Cody with a 1.8 grade point average. Frank Cody, 18445 Cathedral Street, West Side of Detroit, 48228. The school that's famous because Judge Mathis went there. The good judge, he we went to the same high school. Of course, at a different time frame, but we it's the same spot. I say all that to say this. In my time, you can come out and make a great life with a 1.8. C average, make some probably better money if you was a B average, A average. Now, it's like, goddamn, you got to have a degree. Everybody got to have a degree. And now it looks like, you know, man, you can have a degree and make 15 bucks an hour, 16 bucks. It's, it's changed, man. It's not the same. So, as a village, we have to just look and see. The things that was there for us is not is not going to be there for our grandchildren. And we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, is it our responsibility to create jobs for our babies? Or are we just going to push them out to fend for themselves trying to find a job for massa? Um we had 
long distance phone operators when I was coming up. You used to have to call the operator if you wanted to place a call down south somewhere to the west coast, east coast somewhere. I can remember, beloved, you had to call the phone operator to do that. The operator had to patch you in for a long distance call. It cost a little more. That Those days are going away. I remember five or six guys, depending on the size of the warehouse, sometimes 10 to 15 guys all working security. Walking around the building, maintaining the building, securing the building. But now it's just two guys sitting up in the room watching the security camera. I mean, it's technology. Um, I got an app on my phone where I can see who's at the front door because all of the cameras is through, through the doorbell now. Everybody got a, a doorbell cam. Uh, and then the way that the doorbell cam is set up, you can add other people to the app. So you can check out your mom's house, your pop's house, your mother-in-law's house. You can make sure everybody's house, this is technology. You don't need men to be that manpower, that human resource is not needed like that no more. Um, four or five guys, beloved, used to be on the back of the garbage truck. Now it's one guy, he's just sitting in that truck, he's drinking coffee, and he pushes the button, and the button, it just picks up the trash. See, it's a race against technology. You know, how it used to be, it's not, it's not like that no more, it's different. Um, you can go down the aisles at Walmart. I can see it, beloved, you can see it. They're phasing out the cashiers. The cashiers, they're just sitting back. Because they're, they're, everything is self-checkout now. So now the cashiers, they're kind of like sitting back and they're giving them stations. But it don't take a bunch of people to watch the stations to watch five self-checkout. It doesn't take that many people to do that. They're finna phase out the cashiers. Um, it's a race against technology. What is our babies going to do in the next two or three generations? Black folk have to sit down at the table and figure it out. We are not trained to look down the line 25 years, 30, 35 years, but it's coming. Things that we were used to be able to do, we're not going to be able to do no more. There were certain jobs at the plant, Ford, Chrysler, General Motors that Big machines took over it took over them. So it's just something to think about, like, bro, you know what I mean? Um same thing go for the chemical plants now. Same thing go for the shells and the exons and the duponts. It's different now. Everything is about cutting the labor, cutting the labor, cutting the labor. So the thing that we're doing on this household and our family is this, you know, um, me and my siblings, we came to an agreement that we have to fully assist our children in getting their own business. 
Everybody, we all signed on to it. Nieces and nephews. and Because see, our dream is one thing. If I worked and got a business on the sign, we can't guarantee that our children want that business. We see this every day with hip hop moguls and CEOs. You know, they in music, they love it. But I look at Birdman, I look at Cash Money and... uh Birdman's son, he ain't interested. He's not, he's his mind is not there. He's not interested. He's a college kid. He just, all that, he just like, he just, <laughs> he just look like he don't want to be around that nigga shit. <laughs> he's like a good kid. He's a college grad. He like, he don't want to be around handling artists, shuffling. He like, he just don't want no parts of that. You can build up an empire, but that, you can't even guarantee that your children want to be a part of the empire that you built. I seen that firsthand with my uncle. My uncle built that bakery on Grand River. He built it up from nothing. He gained and he he built his whole customer base from nothing. But my cousins, that wasn't their passion. They they worked there when they were smaller. I worked there when I was younger. But it's just like you get older and everybody have their own dreams, their own passions. And now you get to a certain age where... You're forced to sell your own business that you worked so hard for because your children don't want to keep it going. So this is why me and my siblings came up with the idea is that we promised our children and our nieces and nephews collectively, whatever business that they got, we were going to work for them for free. You know, I'm I'm signing on to be. I'm talking about a dedicated employee with no pay to work for any of my children that open up a business on the side or my nieces or my nephews because we don't have a business in place for you guys to take over. And then if we did have a business, there's no guarantee because my dream was always to uh, own a radio station. But my oldest son, who's holding the torch, Yemen, he's a business guy. This is what he went to school for. This is what he have his discipline in. He's 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 a you know he's a bean counter. He 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 ain't interested in getting on my phone and saying nothing. <laughs> saying, uh, I wanted to be like uh, owning a radio station to the extent like the super pro black uh, Steve Harvey or uh, you know something to that degree. But you can't guarantee your children gonna come in. They they may not have a, a similar passion than you. But what we do know is that our children have to do something. We can leave for them great insurance policies to make sure that they're cool, but now you got to take care of your health. The insurance policy, I'm talking about life insurance, is not going to mean nothing if you tear down all of your health and then you pass on because they got to pay all these medical bills that you got before you go. And if you just was... If you trashed your temple, now your insurance policy got to pay off all your bills and you may not have much left over for your children. This is why it's so important to take care of your health now. You know, you know what I mean? Um, beloved, when you go get a six-figure insurance policy on your life, many of us that have those, we know you have to go get a fit. You got to go see them folks for that. If you get a smaller policy like 25, 30 grand, something like that. Man, they may do that shit online. You might can get that policy over the phone. 
when you start talking about 100 grand 150 200 250 they take they send your ass to physician you got to go see a physician behind it they're going to do all these kind of checks pour blood make sure you everything gonna check everything before they insure you that's a six-figure insurance account that's a six-figure life insurance policy that can put your family at a different place but if you living your life so fast and reckless you can't even qualify for that that's what keep poor people poor everything is about looking down the line i'm gonna say this again you cannot get a six figure life insurance policy without being thoroughly tested and signed off by a physician that insurance company is going to send you to their doctor to get that that's how you can tell which one of your people who got what kind of policy when somebody tell you they got a life insurance policy say you had to go see a doctor when they say no that's a small policy if they say yeah oh that's a six figure plus policy now you just have to maintain you don't have that much debt because the collectors are going to collect first if something happened to you and then with whatever's left it go to the children now you can move them up with that space and then they can take that money and get their own business and all that because my mom always taught me that the purpose of an insurance policy was not to pay for your funeral it was to lessen the blow of death and put your children your descendants in a different financial position it wasn't just to go down there and pay the folk down at the goddamn mortuary this is what you use to push your people ahead but if you live your life beloved because i got a partner that he went down there to get him a six-figure life insurance policy he's a drinker though and long as he was getting them 25 30 policies they don't care about that shit when he went down there to get a two hundred thousand dollar policy and they gave him that workout. They working him out to see what's up. They found the spot on his liver because he loved to drink. Oh, you don't qualify for this. Now he's trying to figure out what can he do to make sure his kids is good in case something happened to him. But he's not going to give him a six-figure head start. This is when decision-making come into play. When, when you smoking, when I see people smoking and drinking and just kicking them like, man, that policy must not be worth shit. Or they not even think about their children. I, I don't know. Maybe all that is a different story for a different day. We got to do something to set them up to get them off the plantation. The reason why it was so hard for our generation and our parents and grandparents to get off these folks plantation because they gave us a pretty biscuit. Now, they ain't give me no goddamn million dollars. I mean, if I got a Le LeBron James biscuit, I ain't working for no damn body. <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. But if they give you a biscuit big enough to take a couple of vacations a year and you can see the world a little bit, you hang around a little bit. Um, you can make you some money. You can take care of your family. But now the drawback on that is that you can get these people 20, 25 years, 30 years. But when you leave and you retire, you can't even take the desk with you. You can't even take the goddamn laptop or the computer with you. Everything stays with them. So now your children is back in that same rat race, but they're running against a dip. See, the level of technology that we was running against is not like what these children is running against. It's different. It is totally different. Um, it's different. You know what I mean? They have. Um, 
you used to be able to be just get you a little job cleaning up somewhere cleaning office buildings um cleaning hospitals cleaning big retail giants beloved you go into these myers and these walmarts come on now you go into these big chain these costcos man these the damn mop machine it does mopping it does the buffing the machine run it run by itself if a person walk in front of the goddamn machine to stop it'll turn around come on now we saying if you seen it you I, you don't see nobody walking through the aisle mopping no more the machine do the mopping the machine mop the flow buff the flow it run by itself now they got these machines at these distribution centers these walmart distros where uh beloved the the damn the machine know how to go on and offload the pallets and shit by itself and set the pallets to the side the machine can offload the damn truck by itself and the reason why devils is turning to technology so is because you don't have to insure them you don't have to pay them overtime you don't have to pay the, the machine no money you don't have to pay for no healthcare benefits the machine run by itself when you work at these Walmart distros and these Costco distros and you you see any kind of warehouse, you start seeing the machine do it, boy, that time, that clock is running on you now. They got a, a McDonald's, beloved, in Texas. It run by itself. When you go to a lot of these McDonald's now, they building like a little kiosk machine in the front where you push your order in by yourself and now the people just bring you the food they don't they have it set up where you don't even talk to the cashier no more you come in and they're changing things that is a race against technology and i used to always think fast food restaurants even though that shit is selling death to our people that is the place that our people can go and learn management skills because if you got a job there at 16 and you just stayed at McDonald's or Burger King, one of these places for 10 years, you're going to be in management, probably over store. Hell, McDonald's give you two stores. You might be over two stores making some decent money. Now, shit, I don't know. They cutting in on the fast food chain when you walk in, you paying your own shit now. They're, they're walking. They're just so it's like they're making their attack against the bottom the low level they're not cutting off the high paying jobs not yet they're starting from the ground level coming up now what are these people going to do when they no longer have because this government is not going to be able to put everybody on welfare it's not going to be able to put everybody on section 8 everybody get an ebt card everybody is it can't balloon to that level it's not going to be able to balloon to get that big to that level what is going to happen to the children? What is going to happen to the babies? So we just have to come up with something, beloved, because time is ticking, man. Um, these jobs ain't paying. No, it's not paying you nothing to go nowhere. You know, many of our people never seen. They never seen Miami. They can't take no trips to Miami. Everywhere I go, beloved, I stay for a week. <laughs> Shit. I, don't, I ain't did a weekend vacation. I don't know, man. I go to Miami. I'm there for a week. I go to Atlanta, I'm there for a week. Me and the wife go to Daytona, we there for a week. You know what I'm saying? Me, the wife, and my mom, we go to Orlando to take the kids down there to Disneyland, we stay for a week. We do everything for a week. 
now my mom is getting up in age and all she can talk about now is she talk about going to Paris. I'm like, man, I'm through with that European shit. <laughs> ain't going over You should have went when we went. <laughs> I, ain't going over. I ain't going back over there. Anything across that Atlantic, if it ain't Liberia or like Ghana or because uh, there's a there's a few places I want to touch in, in the motherland. I, I do want to see Idi Amin's uh, grave site. I do want to see Thomas Sankara grave site. I wouldn't mind meeting Julius Molina, our brother over there. Um, here in the Americas, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Shea Rivera uh, grave site. You know what I mean? But um, no, that that going to Europe shit, that shit dead. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going back over there. Hell, the goddamn uh, shit. When I went to Paris, the damn Turks and the Africans they took over Paris. They run that shit. It, it's different now. It ain't like <laughs> shit. My mom was so bent on. My mom was a church going person, beloved. She was so bent on going to Jerusalem, and you know, I said, damn, you are you live around these small hats. My, my mom got a house. She stay in the whole community with the small hats. I'm like, shit, you live with the people. <laughs> you live around the people. They shut down the whole neighborhood on Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? You should just you feel like you should feel like you're in Jerusalem already. <laughs> you, you ain't got to go away. Yeah, I ain't getting on. I don't know. When I got back from LA, beloved, I, I never was the same. I got back from LA years ago and I just felt so weird. I just didn't. Um, I've been flying planes since I was before I was 10 years old, man. They used to have to put a special pen on me because when I used to visit the South, um, go see my grandparents for the summer, I had to catch a plane down there. And I've been doing that since I was 10 years old. But as I got, uh, I want to say, man, maybe what, three or four years ago when I went to LA, you know what I'm saying? I got back. I should, I felt so different. I don't know what's going on with me. I just don't like planes no more. I'm like, man, that shit, it, it wasn't no turbulence. It wasn't nothing. And I've seen some amazing things, beloved. When you go across the Atlantic, the most amazing thing you're going to see if you're flying is that dividing line because, you know, the sun, it illuminates half the planet. You don't really recognize that until you're flying overseas because you get to see crossing from daylight that you go through the mist and then you go into darkness or vice versa. That is a beautiful thing to see. But them goddamn flights is like 11, 12 hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit is long. And then you just, you know, when I got back, beloved, like I said, when I got back from L.A., I was just like, uh, no. <laughs> I just don't want to do that shit no more. <laughs> I might have to book, book a session with a therapist and just sit down and talk it over. But I just, no, oh, that shit, no, mama, that, mm-mm. <laughs> But maybe, beloved, that is a different story for a different day. We have to do something for our babies, man. It's scary almost in America. It's scary, man. It's it's moving so fast. Our people don't own nothing and control nothing. And um, we're trying desperately to hit the lotto or something to get some money for our people because you just don't know, man. You don't, you know. So, um, I am not a big fan of children leaving the house without a certain amount of money saved up. 
I don't even see the purpose of black children moving out their parents' home until they have at least $20,000 saved up. I don't see it. You know, I just don't. I can't see it because it's things cost so much. Um, You want them to be able to live on a certain standard, have a certain quality of life, be able to purchase a car, own it, um, have, you know, no car notes and shit like that. Just don't have money just coming out of that check. So this is the importance of marriage to help build wealth. Not only have your partner, but have all your children in the same home, man. Child support is like a tax. You know, I just, I can't relate. I just, I, I, I don't like pussy that much that I'm finna pay two or three women because I knocked them up. I couldn't control the aiming of my own seed. I, I just, you know, I can understand that we got married and the marriage didn't work, but I just can't. I can't comprehend impregnating women and then I have to pay them. No, man, that shit is nuts. I would rather just, no, that wasn't my aim. I knew early, man, I got to have all my children by the same woman because that just ain't it. And we're going to make this thing work. I ain't finna. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I listen to so many brothers, six, seven hundred dollars a month. Damn. There's no money for college after that. There's no money for the children college after that. So in nation building, we have to keep these families together. Respect each other. Respect each other. And then respect each other again. And then train our children up to be good handlers and steward over money. Make good decisions live below their means and since we can't send them off many of us with thousands of dollars to begin their life with the least that we can do is allow them to live underneath our roof rent free so they can save their own money and then when they leave our homes they'll be a force in the world to reckon with but We have to teach our children to not only have a job when they start making money from their job, invest in their own careers. And at the very least, we can work for them for no pay to get our babies on their feet. And that's the plan that we're going to put in place over here. And beloved, I'm willing to hear through the comments the plans that you guys have with your family over there and we can all put it together and do something for our people how about that peace and black power to your family thank you guys so much for listening thank you guys for hanging out beloved this is indeed your brother big vj on real black contents fun podcast beloved i'm gonna get it with you guys later peace